igniting, inspiring, and evoking the fire within. If you feel that you understand something, if you, if you feel that there's something out there that comes to you easily and there's something that you could do to help young people, right? I mean, I'm, I'm talking from a baseball standpoint. But if there's something that you're that you're confident in your knowledge and it's something that, that you think you can be good at, good at it, go freaking get it, man. Just go get it. You're listening to the What's Your Inspiration podcast with Fox Buyer. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the What's Your Inspiration podcast. A repeat guest this time, former student and player, son, brother, uncle, coach, frontline worker, and loyal boyfriend and Boston Red Sox fan, Mr. Dante Stefanelli. Dante, how are you this evening? Doing well, Pro. That was a nice little intro. Thank you. I, I spent many hours uh, <laughs> putting, putting some words together for the intro, but I, I, I know you well, so it wasn't too, too difficult. Sweet. Hey, how, uh, how are you doing during, the, during this difficult time we got going on here? Just trying to stay to a schedule. Uh, we've talked about this in phone conversations, just writing it down, and then when you, you accomplish the task, you cross it out. That's I, it. I call it the Chris Spielman method. You know who Chris Spielman is? Chris, I don't think so, no. So former NFL linebacker for the Detroit Lions. Okay. Uh, um, from, from back in the day. I think retired in the early 90s, but he's a, he's a list guy. And his, his story is that, that um, unfortunately his wife you know, became ill with cancer. And they have kids, three or four kids, three, four, five kids, I think. And he became, you know, Mr. Mom. And the only way that he could could uh, really get through a day and be Mr. Mom was to have lists and schedules. Really? So he had posted around the house and he crossed things out. So His I, house is just one big whiteboard. One big whiteboard. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So I like it. Handling my inner Chris Spielman at, uh, at this particular time. But cool. the question that's is uh, for you, for you, I want to know how you're, you're, you're dealing with it. I'm, I'm going to call you a frontline worker. Okay. Really? Oh, all right. I like that. Because you're working at this time, you're working more hours than you than you normally do. This is true. The the first question or scenario that I have, scenario or scenario that I have, is this. The the Chinese symbol for chaos, okay, is made up of two symbols. Mm. And what do each of these two symbols mean or stand for? Do you know? I do not know. Okay. One is danger. Okay. Obviously. Okay. And, yeah. the, and the other is possibility. Okay. Okay. So I guess my question is, you know, as a frontline guy, you're, you're, you're put out there in a dangerous situation. Definitely. What, uh, you know, in terms of possibilities, what opportunities have you had out there on the front lines that you wouldn't normally have? have uh, in other words, Share some heroes and highlights during this time. Uh, well, I will say this. The one thing that's like kind of keeping me going is that, you know, in the back of my head, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm driving to work and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting, I'm getting my tools out and everything. And like the one thing that kind of keeps me going is I am doing something that is helping everybody. So right now I'm working in a, in a Lysol factory, which Lysol is like the, one of the few things, right. That, that is, that can actually play a little defense against this thing. And, you know, me, you know, being there and doing my job that I guess, you know, that definitely helps the cause. 
It definitely does. And explain to the listeners or viewers uh, what all you do. What is, what's, what's your nine to five? So yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a uh, sheet metal worker, uh, mostly uh, ductwork installation, fabrication, stuff like that. So to put it into like simpler terms, so uh, every building, just like a house, has an, a, has an AC unit, right? Coming off of that AC unit is ductwork, right? It's, the, it's, it's metal that runs throughout these, the, the, uh, the frame, right, of, the, of these places and supplies the place with, uh, with air conditioning or heat. It, outstanding. And you're, you're, you're putting yourself in, in harm's way. How many layers of masks do you wear on the job? Honestly, I should be wearing more, but really I have, so I have this neck sleeve, right? Okay. It's like, uh, you know, like the Under Armour material, it's like that real stretchy fabric. Yes. It's kind of like that. It, it goes over my neck. I put that on over my face, like kind of like over my nose. And then I wear a mask over that. And as, and I don't actually don't wear gloves because all I, I've heard that like gloves are kind of ineffective. In other words, you know, after, <clears throat> after I'm done doing whatever it is that I'm doing, it's just a matter of just, you know, using like hand sanitizer, going to the bathroom, washing my hands, right? As long as you're keeping your hands clean, that's, I mean, that should be okay. I mean, I don't, I probably should be wearing gloves, honestly, but if you wear gloves, you just got to throw them away after you're done. Right, right. Well, so, so I mean, I bet. How many pairs of gloves are in this world here? I don't, <laughs> I mean. Quite a few, quite a few, I, I, would, I would venture to say. Quite a I'm few. I'm going to be running through 10 pairs of gloves a day. <laughs> unreal, unreal. <laughs> keeping America running. I think back in the day, back in the late 80s, I think Chevrolet had a uh, commercial and their slogan. I drive a Chevy. Keeping America running. Yes, yes, you do. Is it is it a white Chevy? It is a silver Chevy Avalanche. Av Chevy Avalanche. Avalanche. Yeah. You recommend it? Uh, maybe something a little more fuel efficient. <laughs> a little more fuel efficient. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you don't want a Porsche 911, just something a little more fuel efficient. Sure. All right. Keeping America running, and, and Dante, he's, he said this, everybody, he wants to ask me a few questions. So Dante, if you have a question pertinent to what we're talking about, please jump in and, and um, see if I... I'm probably, the question that I got, I probably want to save him, honestly. Keep, keep me on my toes. I'm right. going to holster him for now. Let's, let's bounce out of your nine to five and go, in, go into coaching. Uh, um, you're currently an assistant coach on the Montville High School baseball team. Yes, sir. I'll ask you this question. What is your why in coaching? Why do you do it? Well, <clears throat> I guess there's like a few answers I guess I can give you, but the main one that I that I like to say is uh, I I feel in a way I love coaching. By the way, don't I, I love what I do? It's awesome. It's the the way that I look at it is the game did so much for me. You know, for so many years, it did a lot for me. It, it helped me through a lot of difficult things, and in a way, I I feel like I owe the game. It is, it's the one thing in this whole world where I actually am comfortable and I actually feel like I know what the heck I'm doing, right? And, and I owe it to the game to relay these things to, to 16, 17-year-old kids, right? I mean, they deserve it. I had, I had you know, adults and, you know, young adults, they, they were there for me. You know what I mean? The one guy, the guy that, I, that got me the job there at Montville is a former coach of mine. Right. And how do you, you said you met him at a Seton Hall basketball game, but how did you know him previously? So he, um, <clears throat> when I was playing football over at Whitney Park, he was the JV coach um, for just my freshman year. He ended up leaving us after, after my freshman year, but I had him for that one year. He was 22, 23 at the time. He was just a kid. And, uh, and yeah, he was the guy, he was awesome. Ian Schwindel, he's a great guy. He, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's something. But he, I ran into him. I hadn't talked to him for a couple of years. 
he actually ended up going to coach over at Madison High School. So I played against him a couple times in the remainder of my high school career. And then I hadn't talked to him for a while. And then I actually bumped into him at a seat hall basketball game this, uh, this past fall. And we were kind of just, you know, just, you know, just talking, whatever. And I told him that I'm, I'm coaching over at a uh, Christian school over in Wharton. And he told me that he got the Montville job. And one thing kind of led to another, I guess. And there you and are. You got me over there. Yeah, here, yeah, I, here I am. In Montville. Hey, when he was in, uh, coaching for Madison, how did those matchups go? I will say the one, the one game we had against Madison was, I think it was my junior year. It was not a bench clearing brawl, but it was, there was a pretty good fight on the field and he was in the other dugout and I was sitting in, in, in our dugout. We were kind of like looking at each other. There was so much tension between the two teams, but like, I couldn't take my eyes off of him because it, like him and I are cool. So like, I was like, man, I, I don't, I don't want this to escalate or anything, but right, we, right, you know, right. we have our share of hotheads on that, on that uh, 2012 Whippany Park baseball team. And, uh, and yeah, there was, there was a scrap, the one, the one game there. And then they actually ended up knocking us out of the, of the state tournament my senior year. So. What year was that? 14? I graduated. Yeah, that was 14. 14. So yes, yeah, so my junior year, I guess would be 13. Yeah. So you, you, you're a wildcat quarterback from 12 to 14. Is that correct? That is accurate. That is correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah correct. Yes, sir. Correct. Good. So yeah, that's your very well explained why in coaching. For sure. Now, another why. Uh, why and how did you become a Red Sox fan? Well, <clears throat> I was actually born into San Diego Padres gear because of my dad. He was a Padres fan for reasons still unknown. Um, it, it trickled down to my older brother. He's still a big fan. Um, never really landed with me. I actually, in my early years, I was, uh, I actually was a Met fan for a while because of my grandfather. He, uh, he kind of like steered me in that direction. And then I recall one, uh, I think it was the game. I want to say it was the game where Pedro threw Don Zimmer to the ground. We were watching it in his living, in my, in my grandpa's living room. And that was, that was the moment. I remember that. I don't remember the game. I don't even remember who won, but I remember Pedro Martinez in his warm-up jacket, throwing an old man to the ground and the sick twisted individual that I am. I thought that was great. And I loved it. And I wanted to be a fan of the team. And it was I believe 2004, 2004. Maybe. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Cause Clemens with Clemens was throwing at Manny. And then I want to say, was it Bronson Arroyo? Maybe someone, I forget how it went down, but again, I, I was still little at the time. And what I recall is, is the Pedro and Zimmer incident. And you would have been, you would have been eight years old at that time. Around that age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just going through, going through numbers. So avid Red Sox fan, obviously. And now we're going to test your Boston Red Sox knowledge in what, which, and where. Are okay. you ready? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. You've got no choice. <laughs> we're going to start. We're going to start with this. Let's, right, uh, let's go. we've got three. We've got three. Of it's kind of funny, Prof. I'm actually, you could give me uh, San Diego Padres history. Killer. I'll know every damn question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But I could do Red Sox too. Let's go. Let's see what, what you about, got. Okay. Okay. I might do a, a Padres uh, trivia question here in a minute, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll start off with this in what, which, and where. It's a quote. Who said it? Uh, the, the easy thing to do would be to give up, but we don't do anything easy in this clubhouse. I'm going to assume... I'm going to go with a member of the 2013 team. Go earlier. 
Okay. Is it a World Series team? 2004 World Series team. <clears throat> all right. This is my guess. I got it. All right. I'm going to go with Jason Varitek. Very good. It's a very good guess. The, it's not, not correct. It. <laughs> but do another uh, another guess on this. He is a graduate of, I don't know if he graduated from, but he played baseball at Lamar University in Texas. He is a uh, big Bruce Springsteen fan. And he currently lives in Austin, Texas. Resides in Texas currently. Okay. Um, why don't we go with Mr. Trot Nixon? It's a good guess. He's a he's uh -huh. North, oh, for two, man. North Carolina boy. North Carolina boy. I think it does. I can, give you, I can give you two words and you get it. But he's really he, he, well. He 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 um, co-hosts one of your favorite TV shows currently on the MLB Network. Pedro, Kevin. Oh, Kevin Millar. Intentional. Uh, intentional yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah. Old IT. Old Kevin Millar, IT. man. Heck of a character, huh? Yes, yes. And, and Do you know that there's, there's a story in 2003 when they, uh, when they advanced to the ALCS to go play the Yankees, they actually, when they, they won the ALDS, they clinched and they all gathered themselves still in their uniforms and everything. A lot of them were still in their socks and they ran down to the local bar, to the closest bar, and they partied with, with Bostonians, <laughs> like just locals in their uniforms. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. I think that's a hundred. I don't know that to believe. I mean, I we live in a day where like no, like pro athletes aren't doing that anymore. You know, mm -hmm. they they got it before it before social media got really really big, right? Exactly. That's, that's exactly. Oh, oh, three, right? That's seven. Doggone, that's seventeen years ago. It's crazy. It feels oh. like it feels like seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's crazy. Really, it does. Crazy. Okay. Okay. Now we're gonna go uh, a little bit um, closer to the present. Okay, with with this quote. When I play video games, I'm trying to go deep on every pitch. <laughs> um, sounds like something I would say. Um, still a Red Sox player? Red Sox player. It's all Red Sox. All okay. Red Sox. <clears throat> I'm going to go with Clay Buckholes. That's a great guess. It's not Clay Buckholes. This dude has been with Boston his entire career. And continues to be because he's currently still, I believe, he's active on the forty-man roster. Yes, Pedroia. That's it, Petey. Petey, Petey Pedroia. Love me some Petey. Petey Pedroia. That poor guy, man. I, I hope to see him back on the field one of these days. You know, he's a grinder. He he is he is the ultimate grinder. I hope to anyone see else would have given up by now. He's not. You're gonna have to take. You're you're going to have to tear the uniform off his back. Absolutely. Him. That's uh yeah, no, that's that's something about him. Super admirable, you know. Definitely full of what I call piss and vinegar. Justin, yeah, yeah. Justin Pedroia. All right. I'll give you one for two. One for two. I'll take it. We had to reach back a little more of the past. <laughs> more of the past. All right. All right. Outfielder from 74 to 89. Okay. Okay. He's from Anderson, South Carolina, and he was the 1978 MVP. Jim Rice? You were exactly right. <laughs> Jim yeah, Ed. <laughs> old Jim Ed. See, that's where, that's where, like, the gray area stands with me in Red Sox history. Like, the 80s and 70s, that's – it's tough for me. 
Well, I mean, you, you, you got that. You, you proved, I mean, you answered that question right away. And if you're, and if you're not watching this, this episode, I can assure you that Dante did not look on his phone. He didn't look down. Oh, no, hands-free. Hands he, that's, that's all him. So two, <laughs> two out of three in what, which, and where. Man, all right. Well, we're going to go to the bottom half of the episode now. So if you have any questions for me, you can shoot. Well, yeah, I actually, I want to ask you this. Now, you, you coached freshman baseball at Whitney Park. Obviously, you were my coach. One thing I wanted to ask you, I figured it would be better to ask you on an actual episode rather than privately, but one thing in your very first year coaching, mm. what is one thing that you learned as far as, like, as far as playing time goes with kids? As far as playing time goes with kids, um, uh, the best thing you can do is – you know, be as honest as you can. And you know, from me, this is one thing. If I'm going to keep a player, okay, if I'm going to keep a player, I am going to find a spot where he can play, okay, during the game. Right. Get him in at some point. A lot of, a lot of what I, I, I see um, Joe Madden doing with his teams. If he keeps a player, that guy is going to play. Now, Barring circumstances, you know, discipline and stuff like that. Um, that's not, in, I'm not saying that, but if I'm going to be a player, whether it, we kept a roster of 17, 19, or whatever, okay? Yeah. It's my job. I'm saying this player has value, all right? So I am going to play him regularly. Doesn't mean every single game, okay, we have 15 games, but regularly. If there's, if there's 15 games, he, you know, I'm, trying to get him in there in 10 of those 15 games. Now, right. So you're saying it's got to be like kind of the right place, right time type deal? Yes. Yes. But you have to do visualize and plan for that. Yeah. Plan for that. Um, in my first year coach, we had a lot of real tight games, like a, like a lot where you, I got tough. my best nine on the field, you know? And, and, and that's tough. That's tough. That to happened do. a lot. It's not, it's not easy, but that's always, always my thought. Um, in terms of that, if I'm, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to keep this player, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to play him regularly. I'm, I like not it. Not saying start, not saying him play. Him, no, play but find time. a role that that, yes. that you know that he can he can plug into, and he you know ultimately yes. ultimately could help you guys win. Yep. You know, I, I'm with you. And the other thing is be honest and communicate. Communication, man. Constantly. That's the thing. Constantly, constantly. So did I answer that? I like it. I like it. That's that's beautifully answered. Okay. Any others? Um, I got one. I'm gonna hit you with that towards the end. Well, we're kind of we're kind of bottom half. So if it's if it's if you'd like to ask it now, go ahead. Well, it's actually about like your pod in general because I <clears> you know I once I hosted a pod for a split second there and uh, I think what ultimately and I watch you hosting that pod because you people can hear he's very very good and very very well spoken which which um, uh, helps him tremendously as a coach. That's very kind of you to say. I appreciate that. It's also um, true. One thing, one thing is that uh, I think that had to do with with it ultimately coming to a uh, to an end is we didn't really know where we wanted to go with it. There was no real direction. It was kind of two mics and two dudes and just kind of you know shooting the shit about baseball. That was it. My question to you is, what direction do you see your pod going? And obviously, you've done over fifty episodes, right? That's you know that's you are definitely this is a successful podcast. There's no question about it. What are some long-term uh, goals, I guess you could say, you're, you're looking for? I'd like to reach more people. Yeah. I'd be able to reach more people um, and with, 
with 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 I want to say a bit more ease, but just to be able to reach more people with this. Yeah. And maybe ask the listeners more of what they want. I think I need mm -hmm. to use use the Instagram, Facebook to ask them questions about hey, what's something that you want me to address on the podcast, or somebody um, somebody else that you would would want to have on the podcast. I think I need to do a better. I, I like to do a better job of that. Give okay. the, the listener more of what they want. Are you on YouTube? I'm on YouTube. It's, this is going to be on YouTube. It'll be on uh, iTunes and Podbean. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. All, all three. All three. I like it. And I think to go back to what you said in the beginning, you're not sure of the direction. Well, I think through episodes, through doing more episodes, you, you'll see the direction. I, the greatest perspective you can get through all this is experience. And the only way you get experience is re recording these episodes. I, I found that in my first 10 or 15, a couple of things. One was that I need to make it sustainable, meaning um, I couldn't post every single week. Right. That was asking too much. And if I did post every week, it had to be on every, I think I told you this in the beginning, every Tuesday, every Monday, every Wednesday. So people expect it from you. They, they know when it's sort of um, going to come out. And the length too, the length too for me, I think for me, and, and Joe Rogan is awesome. Uh, but <laughs> three but hour episodes. He's, he's unreal because he can just carry that conversation. And you're like that too. But yeah, I no, and, and that's something that I like pulled away from Joe Rogan. It's kind of just like it's all flow, right? It's one just thing go. Up next. Just and go. then you can revisit, right? It's he's yeah. never ending. Like you'll listen to one of his episodes and you'll blink and you're two hours and twenty minutes into it, right? Exactly. It's, exactly. It's crazy. And you don't even realize where the time went. I just don't think I have those genes. So I try to keep it try to keep it, you know, forty five minutes and under. And that yeah, but there's not, I mean, 45 minutes, that's a long time. That's it like, the, that's, <clears throat> put it this way, my, my commute to work right now is about 42 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's an episode right, right there. Right, that's perfect. So, it's perfect. Just trying to make it, for me, more listenable. Um, yeah. You think it suits you better to keep these episodes kind of relatively short? Yeah, for, for, someone, for someone like me. For someone like me. Not necessarily you or Joe Rogan, I'm not saying that. But, <laughs> but something to more of, of the fit your personality, I guess. I like it, I like it. Make sense? I absolutely sure. That's just my, my thought. My thought. All right. Before we keep going, uh, yeah. do you think maybe we could do a little uh, little coaching philosophy? Maybe. Of course. You want to do that now? So I uh, yeah. If, if I mean, if you're down. Sitting down. No, the coaching philosophy while sitting down. Right. I, I kind of I got your notes up in front of me. I'm I'm kind of cheating a little bit. Cheat. One thing. This one. I'm I'm crazy about these two quotes that I pulled away. One was from uh, Coach Gary Gilmore. Uh, CC, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the Chanticleers, Coastal Carolina, 2007. Coastal Carolina. Did he coach Chris Sale? No. Chris Sale went to Florida Atlantic. He went to, I thought he was Coastal. No. Really? Yeah. Florida. See that? Like, that's a Red Sox statistic. I, I should know that. Mm -hmm. That's a well, bad job. Now you do. Now you do. I'm, now I'm I do. I'm sure that Chris Sale went to Florida Atlantic, and Gary, Coach Gary Gilmore is – Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers. Like His quote was, build your culture first, then focus on winning. Yeah. That was one of the first notes I took in that document. <laughs> it is actually the set. Yeah, it's the second one. The second one. That really yeah. kind of struck me. Now, at the time, when did I write that? That was 
probably 2018, two years after they had come off a national championship. So yes, he's, not, right. he's not in a major conference, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, that team won the College World Series. Obviously, you're going you're you're to be all ears because you'll get I mean you'll get fans not even fans they're not even college baseball fans but they'll see on ESPN Coastal Carolina College World Series champions those eyebrows are going to the freaking ceiling because that it just like you said they don't play in a big conference right that is that is a heck of an accomplishment yeah and he's been there for been there for 20 years and it speaks speaks a lot to this The, the the clearest perspective you can have is experience so if somebody like that is is saying that I think it it Served me well to write it down, and he obviously took to it. Build your culture first. Yeah, no, it definitely spoke to me. No question about it. Whether it's a system or a philosophy, make Mm -hmm. make sure that that is number one. Yeah, definitely. Um, The other one, we talked about it on the phone a few weeks back. The Billy Wagner one I thought was great. The uh, We were a bunch that I wrote down, yeah. Coaching is about how well you communicate what you know with your players. It's not simply what you know. That's something that I pulled away real quick because I've kind of always had that reputation where, oh, man, you're, you know your baseball. You can coach, man. You'd be great at it. That's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's all, just like Billy Wagner saying, it's all about how you can take what you know and put it into terms that fits that individual, not even just the team exactly. as a whole. Just individual. We're talking about a single player. I thought that was huge because my first year coaching, um, that was something where every kid was so different. They were all such different characters, you know. You're dealing with really a lot of change a lot, you know. Communicate a particular point in several different ways. Right, right. That, and that was it was challenging. It really was, especially I, I was in charge of the whole team. My first year coaching ever. It was like. It was just, it was really, it was funny how everything kind of unfolded. It really was. But I was just learning on the fly. <laughs> I was learning on the fly. From the, from the frying pan to the fire. But you, you yeah. know, you know, and you're still here and you, you've got a zest for it. And obviously, yeah, definitely. you heard earlier, you, you, you have a why and that is key. That is key. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's something I thought about a lot. We talked a while back, probably before that first season that I coached, which was 2018, that, or 2019, whatever it was, they, uh, we talked about that. You, you initially said, you're like, man, you gotta, you know, start working on your coaching philosophy, write things down and, and stick to it. You know what I mean? And just kind of, you know, real good to, it's a good thing to write things down. That, that changed a lot. Yeah. Mike Harper. You can't remember everything, you know, I'm, I'm bad with no, that. No, no. Remember that. Yeah. Write it down. Once you write it down, it becomes wisdom. Yes, yes, beautifully said. Wisdom is wisdom is powerful. Do you know who Mike Hargrove is? I don't believe so. So he was the manager of the most notably of the Indians in the mid '90s when they had Almar Bell. That was a heck of a team. Bayerga. So um, you know, someone asked him about a philosophy. He said, "Listen, stick to three or four things. Okay, three or four things, and." Regardless of the situation, never deviate. I like never it. deviate from those three or four things. So if that makes right. a little bit more sense, definitely. I think I, I, think I wrote that uh, in the in that coaching document as well. But yeah, I'm sure it's that, that might make some some sense, some sense to you, and, and stick a little bit. One last quote I want to refer to. Go for it. I had one kid. It was he was actually a senior, real, real nice kid, and he and he came a long way in the season. Started out like 
you know, his, his uh, baseball knowledge was minimal. It, it was like he did, the kid didn't really know much. And he, his big thing was he was a real big body, real strong kid, didn't really know his own strength. But his big thing was when he went up to the plate, he had real, like, he got really nervous, really nervous, way, like, real, just like that. There's no reason to be as nervous as this individual was. And, uh, and one thing that I tried to stress to him, Dennis Eckersley, if you're nervous, you are alive. It's about embracing those nerves, right? Yes. Butterflies in your stomach. Everyone's man, I hate that. I, I love that. That that's what you're there for, man. Right. That's the idea. Let you know that you're alive, and there's a. I'm gonna. Re- I know I'm referencing a lot of people here, but but there's another good podcast that people can listen to. It's called The Secrets to Winning, with Dr. Brett McGabe, and it's referencing referencing that. How do you have success when you feel like your your player did in that situation, in spite right. of all of those nerves, in spite of the fact that your heart is in your throat? How okay? How do you succeed? How do you square that ball up? With right. Okay, with all of those nerves, it's it's oftentimes it's, it's not about um, being able to calm down. It's right, being, right, exactly. Being able to exactly. hit in that circumstance. There's exactly. a um, Central Florida head coach, a great love lady. What he does to simulate game situations and the, and the players' heart rates is when they take BP live on the field, he pulls the the, the turtle away. Okay, from from the hitter, so they're hitting out in the open. Ooh. So it raises their heart rate a little bit. Often yeah, yeah. He'll have his hitters run all of the way down the right field line and back and then take a round of five. So their heart rate is up. Or he oh, has them, I like that. Or he has them do push-ups. Yeah, just something to get the and blood just something to get their heart rate up. It's just some 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 ideas of how um, people may want to uh, deal with, you know, like the inevitable anxiety that comes with at a bat in a big situation or uh, making a pitch in a big situation or any situation. Anything. Yeah. I mean, you have to imagine that if a kid gets nervous enough, his arms are going to turn into noodles and right, exactly. he's just going to chase himself out of the, out of the situation. You don't, right. you know, you don't want to see that. So in spite of, I mean, how can you, essentially it's this, how can you be at your best when you feel your worst? Ooh. And Dennis Eckersley, you know, he said, Hey, listen, if you don't have nerves, you're, you're not alive. And that's a guy who had, a lot of success for a long, long, long time. Sure. And this is, it's also a guy that led up probably the most famous home run in MLB history. He did. He did. And, and, and came out of the other side of it. And he was the 92 uh, uh, MVP. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. And won a World Series the, the following year. He won league MVP in 92. He did. He did yeah. Wow, in 92, man. I think it was. Yep. Pitchers winning MVPs. That's special, huh? Mm-hmm. He had a good line too, along with that. So, referring to his fastball, he called it educated cheese. <laughs> what does that mean? Educated cheese. Well, I mean, meaning he could, I mean, it wasn't like flame, but it was firm and he could die. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Greg Maddox, man. And yep. yep. He never cleared 94 miles an hour. He did when he first came up. That dude, Maddox did? That dude, I mean, he, he threw fuel. He did. Really? He did. But he I learned how to that. harness it. If you watch, yeah, okay. the, if you watch the 1989 playoffs, uh, the uh, the NL uh, playoffs against the Giants. Okay. And he didn't pitch real well in that series, but um, you'd be like, who, who is this guy? Because he's throwing just absolute fuel. And it was uh, it's Greg Maddox. 
Oh, we can wow. see you now. Yeah, we can see you now. Yeah, I, I didn't I realize right. you, got, you got so locked in, in the conversation, you're talking to the dark. <laughs> well, um, have you been on Twitter in the last like couple hours? I have not been in the last couple hours, no. You have to see what I tagged you in, Prof. It is. It was uh, a kid from South Carolina. Okay. I don't know if he's been there or if he uh, – I mean, Did he play baseball at South Carolina? He's alumni. Yeah, he's a lefty. you got to see this kid, Prof. He hit 102. 102. Like just – it was a flame. I've never seen anything like it. I'm trying to just get the kid's name so we can just get it out there. Hang on here. Luke Little, Luke Little, Luke, you got his eye tag, so you'll see it eventually. But you, uh, this this kid's unbelievable. He resembles his his uh, his motions actually kind of resemble Dallas Braden a little bit. Okay, kind of weird because Dallas Braden never threw 102. But man, this is, <laughs> ball hits the catcher's glove, pops right back out. <laughs> unbelievable. Make sure you check that out. Kid's got a gift. Kid's got yeah, a gift. Definitely. Now give the listeners a few gifts here as we end up the old podcast. All right. Okay. So, so we know all heroes don't wear a cape, but if you have the opportunity to, to uh, uh, take a one-hour car ride with the following three people, who would it be? One of the three people. Would it be Kevin Millar? Would it be Dustin Pedroia? Or would it be Tim Rice? That's not even a debate. You know my answer. Do I? Not even a debate. It's, oh, my, Kevin Millar by a long shot. Yeah, yeah. Talk about a fascinating personality. You'd probably lock him in the car and wouldn't let him get out. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just mine. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> um, so what's your why? Why would you choose him over Pedroia and Rice? Well, the thing with Pedroia is I'm probably a whole foot taller than him. I don't think he'd like me very much. And, uh, and Millar, I mean, Pedroia? Because you're tall? Yeah, I got to have a foot on Pedroia. Well, you're not getting into a fight. You're just having a conversation. Yeah, but like short people don't like tall people. That's definitely a thing. You're a lot taller than me, and I don't dislike you. Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> you lying to yourself. I, I'm, no, I, I, don't, I don't dislike you because you're tall. The whole world's taller than me. <laughs> you dislike me because I'm a freaking idiot. <laughs> you're not an idiot. I, 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 there's no dislike you. I don't know. I don't know where this is going. We're going to the next, <laughs> the next scenario. Uh, fill, fill this in. In the end, it's all about what? In the end, it is all about. <clears throat> I want to give you a good one here. In the end, it is all about setting a goal and achieving it. Setting a goal and achieving it. Goal Simple as that. Achievable. Can goals be adjusted? Can goals absolutely? Goals can be adjusted. It's just absolutely, but only in one direction. What's that? Up. Well, you don't want to minimize your goal. You want to, if anything, you want to maximize it. You want to raise the bar. You want to raise right. the bar. That's all. I like it. All right, and, and the last scenario: empty your pockets. Any further advice for the viewer or listener? If you feel that you understand something if you, if you feel that there's something out there that comes to you easily and there's something that you could do to help young people right i mean I'm, I'm talking from a baseball standpoint but if there's something that you're that you're confident in your knowledge and it's something that that you think you can be good at good at it go freaking get it man just go get it mm -hmm. passion speaks passion, to passion man speaks to passion 
Hey, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? Um, so I'm on Twitter at Dante step 12 and Instagram at Dante something. So I actually don't know my Instagram. All right. Well, go to, go to your Twitter and spell out your Twitter. Yeah, definitely catch me on Twitter at Dante step 12, D A N T E S T E F one, two. Perfect. 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 Well done. This was informative, stimulating. It went to a lot of places I didn't expect and I really enjoyed it. So thank you, Dante. Thank you for having me, Provost. This was definitely fun. Absolutely. This will wrap and I up. hope to be. I hope to be your first three-time guest. Well, I, 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 um, I, I look back uh, at previous episodes, and I oh, did boy. see that that your boy, your man, Don no. Lugo, has already been on three episodes. So, so uh, we've got to find a way maybe to work you in if, uh, uh, a couple more times over the next few months if, if you're game. It might always, man, always, always down to, always down to shoot it. And the thing about the Donovan right now is he cannot be on podcasts. Per I know, per which is, day. it's actually kind of a cool reason that he's not allowed it to is. be on it. it it's is. kind of cool. It is. For me, I'm unsigned free agent. Unsigned free agent. <laughs> Dante Stefanelli. Dante, it's, this has been great. Thank you. Thank you, Profet. This will wrap up episode 52 of the What's Your Inspiration podcast. Dante and I will talk at you all later. Take good care. You have been listening to the What's Your Inspiration podcast with Fox Buyer. Because impact on each other is the greatest currency you could ever have.